The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast will include mature themes and scenes. This actual play uses the Delta Green role-playing game rules by Arc Dream Publishing. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Dunn, and for tonight's game, I will be your hand. You're all cordially invited to a night at the opera. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your handler this evening, Michael Diamond, and I am welcoming you back to the Old Ways Podcast playthrough of Impossible Landscapes. And so, as we like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, you can, and that's at patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, and just completely and utterly Give your life over to our, you know, hell-bent-for-leather recording schedule. And now that that's out of the way, I'd like to open up the show with introductions. So, to my right. Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Doctor of Chemistry, Aaron Weber, a.k.a. Olivia Dartford. And I just, you know, I'm fine staying out in this hallway for now. I think the hallway is nice and safe. And co- Well, wait, where did that phone go? Hmm, good question. Next to Agent Weber. Hello, I'm your friend Nate. I'm playing Elliot Winters, Diplomatic Services Special Agent for the U.S. Department of State. And I don't want anything to do with this amnesiac's coffee. Let's just, let's be clear. It's not tempting. There could be gin in it, you never know. At the end of the table. Hi, I'm Allie and I play Agent Joanne Hart, or otherwise known as Agent Ward and... I don't know what all that stuff going on down the hall is about, but we still have work to do, so I'm going to do it. It seems like you're the only one who wants to do the work. I'm sure that will be beneficial with you at some point. Last, but most certainly not least. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I am playing Brett Hawking, young buck who is here to tuck you into bed and give you a little kiss on the forehead. I am secretly pretending to be an agent Owen O'Neill in order to figure out what is up with this cassette tape um, recording in our spaces. I must protect the conspiracy. Mm, Indeed. And so we'll raise the curtain tonight on the scene we left inside 2B of the McAllister building with Thomas Manuel and a couple of Delta Green's newest agents, questioning him about all sorts of things. The microphone, the cable, the cassette recorder, which he seemingly knows nothing about. 
the strange appearance and position of his apartment. Why everything here seems to look a little too neutral, hotel-ish. A little strange. Thomas pours a cup of coffee and gestures to Agent Bennett with it. You want? Oh, sure, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Walk over and grab the cup. He pours another cup of coffee. Yeah, I, um, I heard stuff down the hall when the cops came to look for, you know, they didn't really find much. They asked me some questions like I was saying, but I don't know. I, I mostly keep to myself. I do my best as a focus on my art, you know? Yeah, you are, Mr. Manuel. Um, you got any of that art? I'd love to take a, a look at it. You got any of that art around here? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's in the basement. You don't keep it in your in your room here? No, 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 there's no space for it. He smiles broadly. I got a lot of canvases, and uh, the night manager, Mr. Castigain, is nice enough to let me use the basement, and so that's where I keep all my stuff. Plus, uh, I don't know how much painting you've ever done, but if you keep a, enough paint in the location, the smell and fumes really get to you. I had a lot of complaints from the lady upstairs. She hated the smell. There are plenty of blank, empty, neutral walls all over this apartment for some art. And it's there's just nothing here. Yeah, you would say that the uh, walls here are bare. There's more than enough space for stuff to hang on the wall. Maybe, maybe his canvases are all in uh, transition. Maybe they're not done yet. Maybe they're he's not happy with them. There's all sorts of stuff that could be true. I give O'Neill sort of a, a look, and if I can, without him seeing, without Manuel seeing, maybe a little bit of the rotating finger around the ear. This guy's off. Yeah, no duh. Do you have any plans to leave the city this week, Mr. Manuel? No, no, no. I've got more painting to do. So you're going to be primarily here? Yeah. Okay. I think that's a fantastic personal choice that you have made. And I'm going to insist that you stick with that schedule and not leave the city. In case we have any further questions about this strange cassette tape that you or somebody else has placed in your apartment. And I think what we're going to do is let you at this time go back to sleep. He uh, sits down on the couch a little bit and nods his head. Yeah, I'll probably just pass out right here. As is your prerogative. You said he had a bed in the apartment. Was it in the same room where the couch is or is it in the other room? It's in the other room. It's back a little further. When you were in that space, you did see it had been slept in. Yeah, um, with that, I mean, I'm going to take the cable. I'm going to take the cassette player. I'm hoping it's not actually broken. And I've got the cassette, of course, in my back pocket. Okay. So back inside uh, the right apartment, Agent Ward, you are continuing your search and your cataloging. Um, You can hear someone, I guess, standing outside the apartment, you think, that's one of your fellow agents. You're not sure. But at this point, like the burritos are starting to get cold. 
and you know that there's no microwave in here. Yeah, I'm probably going to chow down on one of those. They're really good. Chorizo, probably some refried beans, green sauce, cheese. Everything a growing boy needs to be as gassy as possible in the next six to eight hours. Uh, O'Neill and Bennett, are you guys leaving Manuel's apartment then? If Bennett's okay with that, that is what I would like to do. Taking all of this evidence. If, so, if you say there's no other cassette tapes in this room, then I'm going to hope this is it. Yeah, I'm going to head out of there and I don't know, take a look at the cassette tape, I guess, when I get a free moment. I'll try to get a contact number for Mr. Manuel just as we're leaving and um, let him know that, you know, sir, I'd really like to see you at another time when it's more, when it's not so early. I'd really love to see this art in the basement. That's uh, it's a personal interest of mine. Yeah, have your phone number and get all that good stuff. He gives you his phone number and says, if you want to stop back by at some point, he'll be happy to show you his paintings. He muses a little bit like it's been a few months since he sold one. It'd probably be good to maybe see if you find one you like. Absolutely, absolutely. Depending on the style, I might liven up my uh, my own place. Appreciate it. He nods. Uh, you two come back out and walk down the hall and you see uh, Agent Darford standing in the hallway, sort of half peering into. 1A and looking down the hall the next and holding some things. Oh, oh, I like kind of startle a little bit. Uh, you're done. Uh, did you get any information? I've got all of this. Look, there's one thing we've got to be all on the same page on right here is that all of us aren't supposed to be here. And we've got to make sure that like when you go to a state park, we leave this place cleaner than when we arrived. No evidence. I don't know what the hell this is holding the cassette and cable up and motioning at all of this, but this is a huge breach of our personal safety and security, as well as whoever we're working for. So we just want to make sure that if, it, you know, if any of this kind of stuff appears in the future, we handle it pretty quickly. Okay, so um, speaking of things uh, being removed, uh, Bennett, do you remember the phone that you picked up last, well, uh, last night earlier, you know, uh, with the noise and I kind of like gesturing towards the empty phone? What? Down the hall in the nook, right? And I'll look over at the nook. Yeah, you go you down, look over at the nook. She's not too far from it. And the payphone that was there, the older payphone that was there is gone. The box of wire is gone. And all that you see is sort of this snaggly, tangled wire that exists like out through a hole in the wall. It's a phone cable. It's a phone wire. Well, no, okay, what the hell is this? You want to tell me that? Between last night and now, someone stole... Yeah, I remember this, Darford. I mean, there was an old phone right here, and someone stole it. I don't believe in these coincidences anymore. Yeah, I don't think it was stolen as much as uh, removed, maybe? I mean, intention. it feels intentional. I mean, who steals and who just come in and that thing's been here for a while, steal that. And it took the box of junk that was underneath. Yeah. You're hearing this story, O'Neill, just so you're aware. Maybe we should go up, get together with Ward, and um, share stories about uh, 
This guy Manuel, um, maybe everyone on this floor has got some some obsessions and fixations, or this guy definitely had something going on with him too. Yeah, that uh, works for me. I might get our get our heads together. And I'll walk back towards Wright's apartment. So the three of you head back to the Wright apartment. The question I have is, Agent Darford, are you going in? Oh, I mean, I don't like it, but I also don't want... I mean, I can't be the odd person out. Uh, I think I, I would take some forcefulness on my own self to get me to go in, but I will go in even if the place totally creeps me out. You go in, you take a step to the left and sort of find the place that's closest to the boxes and the Polaroids where there's a little less chaos and you come face to face with the picture on the wall that you knew was there. You knew it was there. You see the figures again, the man dressed in a nice suit, the woman in this sort of red or maybe magenta dress. And then you notice something about the photograph other than the eyes that have been crossed out. You notice an arm around the woman. It's wearing a colorful sleeve. There's a white glove at the end of it. It exists on one left-hand portion of this picture. Sort of as if a picture was taken of a group, but only these two were in focus. And this is, is this like a, a painting or a picture? It is absolutely a picture. Oh, I don't like that at all. I take it down and I don't want to look at the front of it anymore. You reach out to take it down and you realize it's going to take a little work to get it off the wall. You work at the epoxy just as the other agents are sort of getting their coffee or finally, you know, sort of bellying up for that burrito that they've been waiting hours for, like O'Neill has. And you finally get it loose and you you pull it off the wall. And the, the photo itself seems to resist just ever so slightly your desire to turn it over. Like it doesn't want to fold or bend. It sort of sits there with a, a bit of resilience before you eventually are able to turn it over. Is there, is there anything on the back still showing after prying it off of this glued wall? Not a thing. Hey, Ward, uh, you've been here. Did you see this? Before? Here, will you catalog this? Because I just want it out of my hands. And Ward seems very work-focused. Here, ha, uh, Ward, I think I have something uh, here. Take a look at this. Um, I, you should catalog it. I will take the picture from her. Mm-hmm. And I will put it on the floor with the intention of taking another picture of this picture. Okay. Take a picture of it to catalog it. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm going to catalog that real quick and put it in the box with the other spooky shit I've already seen. No thanks. The arm, the thing that sticks a little bit for you, Agent Darford sort of puffy harlequin clown outfit and the white glove and not knowing what that arm is attached to or where it comes from or why it's there and it just you're you feel your skin writhe just for a minute yeah that's going in the box real quick i don't want to look at that anymore 
Agent Darford, is that is that what you were talking about last night? Oh, yeah, I think that's what I saw when I felt like the room was looking at me. You are welcome to have at it, Bennett. It is creepy as fuck. Yeah, I, mean, I see Ward's put it up in, in the in the evidence box. But Ward, uh, Darford, just to bring you up to speed, and I'll bring them up to speed on what we encountered. So just to bring you two up to speed, uh, Mr. Manuel down, down the hall apparently has no recollection of doing any of the recording that the microphone that goes into Miss Wright's apartment and then heads out to his apartment and plugs into a cassette recorder and a tape that Agent O'Neill covered. He claims to have no idea about it. And I don't know, there's a lot going on. I believe him when he says he doesn't know anything about it, but it wasn't, I mean, O'Neill, it wasn't necessarily hidden, right? I mean, it was just in his apartment. I don't see how he could not know about it. Yeah, no, I I don't believe him for a second. I mean, I don't believe him because it doesn't make sense. At this point, the hassle of doing something about it, I've got the tape. You know, um, we know where he's at down there. I don't think it's the last time we're going to be talking to him. I think this gentleman might be a frequent flyer on our, our little list here, but... Claims to be a painter. Has no paintings or art of any kind in his room. He said they were in the basement. Mostly remind me of Ramada. Yeah, he says he does all of his work in the basement, which might be true, and I think we should check it out. But... Does this place even have a basement? We'll have to talk to the super. He said the super lets him in. All right, so if there's... If there's a cassette, that means there was probably a cassette player. Yeah, it's in my hand. Does that mean that we're planning on listening to it? Or are we just destroying it? Like, what do you want the plan to be here? No, I'm not destroying things without listening to them. I mean, our orders are to get rid of any spooky shit. I imagine that a microphone taping the entire apartment is classified as spooky shit. You know, you're absolutely correct, Agent Ward. And as soon as I have finished listening to the entire length of the tape, I will absolutely destroy it. Here's the deal. One of the things I think we're going to run into in a room full of so much bullshit is the balance between exploring the bullshit and destroying the bullshit. So I'm going to listen to the tape and then I'm going to destroy the tape. But I need to know what he heard and what he was recording. Can I look at this tape? I'm looking for both factory markings and personal markings from an owner. Um, Anything that would indicate the length of the tape, anything interesting about the cassette itself or the player itself or the cable. I want to, I'm really taking a look at these things. Yeah. So the tape itself is a Maxell tape. It's the brand. It is a XL2 90 minute per side tape. I would just say, given the, your your knowledge about the brand and the type of tape it is and sort of the black and gold markings on the sticker, this is a fairly high quality tape. Does the recorder have a speaker? It does not. And why don't you roll luck me, Agent O'Neill? Oh, to see if I have a pair of headphones? Nope. 
something else entirely. That is a, a 68 over 50. That is a failure of luck. So it looks like when you threw the tape recorder down, a large portion of it cracked along the spine. The cassette flap, the holder itself that would hold the cassette, doesn't seem to want to shut completely anymore. You're going to need to find something else to play this back through. No, I hate that for me. All right, cassette in my back pocket then. Cassette player in the evidence bags. Okay. So I'd like to get an idea of the day shift, and that would be uh, Agent Bennett and Agent Dartford, what they are planning to do with the balance of their time today. And then also, given that it's about 5.30 in the morning, are O'Neill and Ward staying up to help, or are they going back and finding a place to sleep? Uh, I will probably stay another couple hours until like 7.30 or 8 and then go get some rest just so that way I'm kind of keeping a timetable for what I've mentally established myself for. Mm -hmm. That's fine with you. If you don't mind, Ward, between having to get my adrenaline up to handle Thomas over there, I'm going to cut out an hour early and I'm going to go pass out. And I'm just going to wave you off like, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to swallow a burrito practically whole. I'm going to sip the coffee. We have a vehicle, right? You can get a cab. I'll get a cab. That way I don't have to worry about falling asleep driving. Bingo. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get a cab. And my intention is to just hit that pillow really hard. I've been through a lot today. Yeah, seems fair. All right. So given that Ward is going to stay on for a few more hours, between the three of you, you're going to get afforded a couple of search rolls. So I guess I'd like to know how you're planning on continuing your search, uh, in what ways or methods, or are you going to do different things with the balance of your morning? I don't feel like we have any good, strong leads to follow up on. I mean, aside from this letterhead, uh, we have a hotel name, but we don't really have anything to follow that. So I feel like it's more chiseling away. I don't know. What do you think, Bennett? I would like to do a little bit of research on this uh, fella down the, sh- down the hall. Yeah. If there's anything about him, I think that's a, that's something to look at. I would like to look into the Mercury Gallery, figure out how this, uh, this Abigail Wright artist, who doesn't appear to be an artist anymore, suddenly sold 15 pieces and put herself in a position to not work and just do this for a while. That seems a little bit off. Someone there, I want to get into that basement, see the work, and maybe, maybe, maybe there's an artist gallery down in the basement of this place. And maybe that's why it's so heebie-jeebie, um, all these creatives down there. This might be why I'm the, I'm the scientist and you're the agent. Yeah, we, we, I mean, but our job is not to do that. Ward, Dartford, let me run something by you, because our instructions were pretty clear, but I'm feeling a little bit troubled by it when we met with marcus he was pretty clear anything unnatural stop it or destroy it i have to tell you after having this conversation with manuel he felt a little unnatural to me and sort of in my head struggling with if marcus do you think they meant to go that far this whole apartment feels unnatural and uh, honestly what do we really know is normal or unnatural if we don't follow up on 
What I mean, they could have gotten anyone to come here and chisel this crap off the walls and put it in little baggies and put it in little boxes. But they had to have brought us in for some other reason. There has to be something else here. Well, I mean, I feel like we've gotten a couple of natch. I don't know, Ward, overnight, if you had anything, but that, that air horn, the picture that you saw. Disappearing telephone. The disappearing telephone. This this fella down the street or down the hall, he's got a recording device in his apartment that he doesn't recognize. It's a cassette tape. Those cassette tapes, you know, 90 minutes. Huh? Someone's going into his place and changing them tapes. And he doesn't notice this. And I've interviewed a lot of folks. He believed everything he was saying. There might be some sort of brain problem, but he believed everything he was telling us. There's a lot unnatural. I mean, what, what did you did you find anything weird overnight, Ward? Anything to give you the heebies? And there's a, a long pause because I didn't really want to go back and, and look at that stuff again quite yet. But I'm going to go to the evidence box and pull out the Polaroids, but not the actual things that I found and bring the pictures over of the stuff I found. Okay. This is what I found last night. So what are you showing them first? Uh, I am showing them the weird mechanical doodad. All right. So she shows you a Polaroid that she's taken of what looked like a sort of these thick napkins. It almost looks like a weird mechanical drawing. And you see these GBR monograms on it. It's a pretty special napkins, at least it must be. And they definitely have just very strange angles that are all taken by the, the hardware here. It's hard to suss out exactly how they would work or what they would do. See, it's just, there's so many, there's all these weird things that keep standing out to us, but some of it has to go, it has to go together in some way. I mean, it all, what was this girl diving, dumpster diving for stuff to glue on the wall? Where did she get this stuff? She had to come across it somewhere. And maybe, you know, maybe she stumbled into something that she shouldn't have. And that's where she was getting all this stuff from. Came across something and whoever it was that she, whatever she saw, took care of her. But you need to show her this, show them the second Polaroid then? Yes. Okay. So Ward also shows you a strange symbol. So let me explain this a little bit. For you, Agent Darford, you see something that almost looks Asian or Pan-Asian in origin. You get a very ancient oriental feel from it it looks maybe like japanese kanji that's been improperly drawn maybe part of it like the top part looks like a dragon maybe and then for you agent bennett what you see is a collection of sticks that have been sort of drawn out or sketched out or maybe a sort of failed pentagram or six-pointed star that was tried to be made uh, but just somebody didn't have the right mental flow before they started drawing. And now you'll both roll sand. And so to be clear, the first, the di the mechanical diagram didn't, that didn't give that uneasy feeling, but this thing definitely does. No. I have rolled a 27 under 58, so. Okay. 85 over 64. All right. So that is a failure. Agent Winters, when you see this symbol, it sort of makes you feel a couple different ways. 
there's a, a slight revelation. There's a slight feeling inside of you that um, maybe if you turned it like this, maybe it's not just a a strange star symbol. Maybe that's an it's an eye. That's what it is. It, it got the piece of paper that's it's turned wrong. You feel this mark has a certain importance to it. There's an underlying grandiose and almost majestic feeling that you get from it. And the unfortunate part for Agent Winters is that he is overcome with the feeling that this symbol is what will precede and echo him after he's gone. It'll be emblazoned on his forehead. It'll be stamped onto his gravestone. And you stand there in your mind's eye before this grave with autumn leaves, red, yellow, brown, gold, tracing around the outside of it. And you can hear yourself inside the grave laughing. (laughs) It'll cost you two points of sanity. And you are furthermore compelled with the undeniable sense that other people need to see what you've seen. You've seen it. This is it. You've seen this, right? Do you see this? Look at this. This is... All we gotta do is figure this out. It, you, it, you see... Ward, look at this. You see this, right? Yeah, it's a weird symbol. Oh, it's more than that. So you know what it is? Ward is everything. Oh. And there's just gonna be this long silence. My eyebrows are raised as I'm looking at Agent Bennett. And I'm gonna take just one step back. We've taken the paper over to the window to get good light. I gotta look at this. I gotta see this in different different ways. Well, keep in mind that she she says she showed you a photograph, a Polaroid photograph of something. But yeah, you take it to the window. Well, I take that Polaroid. Now I got to find... It's got to be here. Did you see... Ward, did you see this? Get O'Neill back here. Did you Did you see the actual document? It's got to be here in this... And I'm going to start... That's what I'm going to be searching for. That's my shift. Eight hours. Just looking for this document. The real one. Okay. Dartford, Ward. It seems that um, Agent Bennett has become a little obsessed. Uh, So I'm seeing this real weird behavior. And while this first box isn't uh, quite full, maybe not very full, in fact, that behavior is a little uh, startling and alarming. So I'm going to close the folds of the box, right? And I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to take this back to the hotel so that way everything that's already finished is in one place and we don't have to try to recatalog something. And then that way it's also in one place for when we deliver it to wherever they're going to end up keeping it. Hey, Ward, um, do you get the feeling that this place is bad, bad place? Like for all of us? Nah, it's not bad. It's just weird. Yeah, but I mean, look at Bennett and the, that... I mean, you saw that picture, and I mean, I saw it last night, and I could have sworn that it was, that it was, that something was there. Like, you don't get the feeling that maybe this place is bad? I get the feeling that something bad happened here. 
but I don't think the place itself is bad. Huh. I'm not sure that I believe that Miss Wright simply up and left one day. Oh, I don't think that either. Absolutely. I think the evidence of whatever actually happened to her is going to be here and it's going to be somehow amidst all this, <laughs> all of this. And I'm going to gesture to like the whole room because there's so much going on here. But for now, I'm tired. You came to relieve me early and I'm going to take this back to the hotel and we can look over everything in the box a little bit later on. Yeah, that sounds good. Maybe take a day to follow up on stuff. I don't, I mean, I know Bennett had some ideas about, I don't think Bennett should be left alone in this place, though. No, I think it's probably wise if you stay with him and I'll get up sooner rather than later. And I can, we can work in shifts with Bennett and I'll take over a little bit sooner if you want to take some of the other stuff that we might discover and maybe go to the library, see if you can't find something or... Yeah, well, or the, well, we were talking about going to the art gallery, maybe, talking to some people there. Bennett, Bennett had that idea, so... Yeah, so I mean, that's that's your your place, right? I'm going to be back at, like, I don't know, probably one at the afternoon. I don't know if O'Neill's going to be joining me or if he's going to stay in bed. I'll try to get him up, but no promises. Okay. So if it ends up being that I don't have O'Neill with me, I'll just stay here and lock the door and keep working because I don't know how long this is going to take regardless. And it's just much simpler. If we get the work done, chances are very good we're going to find out. And I'm really curious. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, me too. And then I'm like, Bennett, yeah, yeah, buddy, we'll we'll find it, but we'll find yeah they're there we'll find the picture okay so I have a question then uh, as Ward leaves scene off stage with uh, Dartford making the um, calculated estimation that it's probably smart that Bennett's not left in this room alone Agent Dartford what are you doing with your time I guess I'm looking around this creepy ass apartment that I hate. Very good. So you spend uh, several hours there working. Uh, as for you, Bennett, you are overcome a little bit. In the other sections of Abigail's apartment, you find yourself, and you sort of come back to yourself a little bit, having drawn several symbols, uh, consecutive symbols around one another on one of her walls. You sort of became compelled to do so. You don't so much come out of it as you feel a sense of after having done so. You feel like, okay, right, that makes sense. That needed to be done. And you don't think another moment about it. You step directly back into the main apartment as if you'd just gone to the bathroom. Darford, how are we all doing? Oh, Ward's gone? Oh, great. Now, this has been about an hour or so, just so you're aware, Agent Darford. Uh, yep, Bennett. Uh, Ward's gone. It's been a while. You, are you okay? We should, we could go, you know, in a little bit, if you're hungry, we can go out to get some food or... 
I mean, this is a lot of work, and uh, no, we got a lot of work to do. We should we should just get to our shift, and uh, yeah, let's let's do what we're here to do. Let's collect this stuff. Uh, if there's anything weird, if you see anything weird, anything else weird, let's put it aside. But yeah, you know what might help? What if we cleared? What if we focused on one area and maybe cleared it so that we have a place to rest our eyes that isn't isn't encumbered by the massive amounts of stuff around here? That sounds fantastic. Also, I was wondering, Handler, if... Okay, so we... I don't know if we discussed windows in this place before. Are they covered? They are indeed. I feel like a nice, nice sunlight in here would <laughs> really liven the place up. Oh, good. Yeah, let's work on this window. Let's, let's pair up on this window then and clear it off. Yeah. Good. A good spot to start would be a window. Uh, so we're not just in this tomb of things there's an there's the outside world yeah there is one section that you could concentrate on and you think that if you and bennett worked diligently enough you might be able to clear out the space because this some of the stuff is epoxied to the window and so she she has cluttered her window as well um you might even be able to, to open it and then the idea of like you know fresh air coming into this is just really invigorating so the two of you set about then clearing that section of the wall and the window. And in doing so, we're going to come across a multitude of knickknacks and bric-a-brac and things that just don't make any sort of sense at all. But you'll also make search rolls because you will invariably potentially come across something a little special. That is a success for me. That is a success for me as well. Fantastic. So, uh, Agent Darford, you come across something that looks a little strange. And it's because it, it doesn't really fit a lot of the other stuff in the area. It looks like a hand-drawn map. Uh, so this hand-drawn map here is fairly large. It's drawn on this sort of butcher block paper. It shows a, a simplified ar architectural drawing of the location. Uh, it looks like it's this building. There are some obvious signs that this was drawn by an artist because the lines, at least of the what look like the building lines, are fairly straight. It was done with some care, but there are some notes in it that don't make any sense. Yep, I don't like that. Hey, Bennett, this is weird. Uh, check out this map. There's some notes on it about night floors and how to get to the night floors. Oh, sure. Let me take a look. Hmm. Yep. That does say Night Floors. Dead guy and... What's that say, Darford? Dead guy and mash? Yeah, a man with a briefcase and white shoes, roses and butter, door on 712. To the night the night floors really sticks, and then the, par the parlor and Mr. Something. First, second... Is in this look... The second floor that's marked here, does that look like our second floor? Good does a little bit oh you know what this map does have that you point out immediately almost uh bennett is uh that says castigain that's the night manager that uh, thomas talked about that's the fellow that uh mr manuel says so nice lets him use the lets him use the basement for his art oh there's his name again huh all right so if this is if this second floor was us which apartment is what do you think we are? Is this the X? Are we? Is this Abigail's apartment where the X is here? Oh no, there's multiple X's. What? 
We should, we should, we need to talk to that night manager when Morden and O'Neill are back. We need to find this guy. Because now he links between two different clues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder whose handwriting this is. We have a, we have a sample of Abigail's handwriting with anything? Remember. So her handwriting is on the back of the Polaroid. Darfur, check it out. And then I'm, I'm assuming we have all this evidence somewhere and looking at the map, looking at the back of this Polaroid. What's it? Does it, can it, does it look the same? Does it look different? Looks pretty close. Looks pretty close here. Yeah. I agree. I found something weird too, I think. Oh. Did you say I found something too? Yep, you did. We'll get to that. So, and then another hour or so passes between that. Mm. And <laughs> you find a, uh, I guess it's, it's a piece of paper that sticks out pretty quickly to you. Um, because it looks like uh, the lines of a play. Oh, here we go. It's on, uh, it's on just, uh, looks like it's been typed out. And at the top there, you can see scene, the smoking lounge, a large parlor on the fourth floor. In the rooms are the dog, Thomas, and Michelle. And it's strange. It hits you because of that second line. Enter Mark Rourke. And that second line, Mark says, Abigail is gone. She moved upstairs today. Hey, Duffer, check this out. Yeah, uh, what is it? Let's see. So, why don't the two of you indulge me, and um, I'll play Mark. Uh, Nate can be Thomas, and Miranda will be Michelle. Fantastic. Enter Mark Rourke. Mark, Abigail is gone. She moved upstairs today. And? I miss the kid. Her dad, that pig, came around. She doesn't like you, Mark. No one likes you. Anyway, she ran off with that salesman. Everyone knows it. Fuck you, you cunt. Come on, guys. Come on. Someone is heard coming up the steps. A loud racket reverberating up and down the staircase. Who is that? Everyone stops to listen. Who could be down there? Who is that? Mark steps to the doorway and leans to look down the stairs. Hello? Hello? Enter federal agents. And that is where we're going to pause our episode today. We hope you've enjoyed this fourth installment of Impossible Landscapes being put on by the Old Ways Podcast. And we look forward to seeing you during the next showtime. Thank you and good night.